Welcome to the Blackout Podcast, where I get to talk to amazing people who do amazing things. And today I have super awesome uh, accountant, business person, uh, mom, you model, because you know what? <laughs> but anyway, Stephanie, thanks no, for coming to the podcast you. today. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. Right. Um, you know, I think one of the, you have really cool stories, but one of the first ones that grabbed me was the story about not like commercial space oh yeah so let's start with that one why did you feel the need to share it and also like could you reiterate why people shouldn't get yeah. at least in halifax yeah yeah so i work with mainly like small and micro-sized businesses and before covid there absolutely was like a level of professionalism assumed with or a level that your business was at assumed based on having commercial space mm. now you know post covid it, it's the best thing that came out of it is the 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 way that the business has changed and i just see so many small and micro businesses struggling to pay the rent like that's the the number one priority for them and that makes me so sad because you know commercial rent is not eight hundred dollars or a thousand dollars sometimes it's ten thousand dollars and you think about how many hours of work go into the first ten thousand or five thousand dollars of your income going to someone else. It's sad to me. So I had a commercial space um, that I had a deal for. Then the the deal ended in December, and I looked around and I was just like, you know what? Like, if I lose a couple clients because they don't like the way I live, come to my house. They aren't for me anyway. Mm. I'm also like you know, lucky to be far enough along in my business where I can do something like that. But I see people with GoFundMe pages and, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners crying on their stories, like literal tears over commercial rent. And like, am I going to be in business in two weeks or countdown to me closing? And it breaks my heart, like take that part out of the equation mm. and you have a great life. Mm. So I feel really strongly about small and micro businesses. If you don't need a commercial space, don't do it. Do mm. everything not to do it. Wow. 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 Uh, I'm, I'm like, uh, and you kind of swore, but didn't. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know if you swear on this one. Like, yes, my, you can't okay, swear on this in one. Instagram, like, I don't hold back. I think the name of the thing was fuck. Commercial yeah, 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 that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, you know, that's how I speak in my everyday and in my business, but I certainly respect other people's businesses in mm. space, so I feel it out before I let it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's rewind. When, like, how did you get into business and, like, premier tax that? Yeah, so I started my business in 2019. I got really lucky with a job right out of college, so I had eight years as a senior accountant experience before my job then moved to the States. So I knew the whole time I had that job that I wasn't meant to be an employee, but I also recognized the opportunity that I had because the position was significantly beyond, you know, the experience and education that I had at the time. Mm. So I stayed, wrote it out till the end. Mm. And then I got laid off. I got a severance. Um, so I had some time to think about what I wanted to do, but I knew for sure an employment situation wasn't for me. 
Mm. Um, and, and my husband pushes that along a little bit too. I'm, I'm a little bit more patient than he is, but he's like the guy that's like, don't let them do that to you. Don't let them do that to you. And you got that in your ear all the time. So he gasses me up all night and then I'm like, yeah, you're right. You ain't doing that to me. <laughs> so, um, we start a bunch of shit together at home all night, but, um, so then I, I got connected with the program, the seed program, which is a self-employment benefits program. It's unlike anything probably anywhere else in Canada that gives uh, entrepreneurs the opportunity to start a business still collecting some EI why they do it it's mm -hmm. a small paycheck to keep the lights on while you figure shit out mm -hmm. um, luckily I, I believe I'm probably one of the better success stories to come out of that program I still I'm, I'm really connected to them and and stay in touch and work with entrepreneurs mm -hmm. from that program um, but so now we're going to be well we're four and a half years in doubled in revenue every year since we started. My team's up to five now. We're all working out of my house or, or some form of a hybrid model where they're home and at uh, my space. Uh, I do lots of teaching gigs and consulting gigs. I just love working with small businesses and individuals. I have zero desire. If you're a millionaire, like stay where you're at. <laughs> like I'll be a millionaire. That'd be fine. Right, right, right. But I want to help. I want to help small guys. Like the we're doing some workshop series right now, and and people I get the most messages I get are from people being like, why is this free? You know, why is this free? Why not? Why not right, someone help me? Right? right, like to even get the job that I got out of school was because of the person doing the hiring. I could just tell he wanted to give me a shot. Like he, it's because he liked me and maybe saw some of myself in him. It was something more than like what he saw on paper mm -hmm. to give me that chance and then mentor me through. Right. I just feel like a duty to do that wherever I can. Because mm. um, I, I think that, you know, the employment thing, you know, it ain't for me. And, and I think <laughs> there's a lot of people that that's the same case. Mm. Okay. What did you want to be growing up? You know what? <laughs> I wanted to be happy. What? It's so odd, right? Like, I, I look back at my childhood and, like, my dad left really early and my mom, we have, we each have our own truth of the situation. Her version hurts me, my version hurts her. So we agree kind of to not speak about it so that we can be as good as we can be now. She's a great grandma to my kids, um, but I never had that, like, normal household family, like that just the dynamic of mom and dad get along and like everything's cool. Like there was drugs and jail and robberies and like just things like you probably wouldn't even expect mm. like um, from from myself because of, you know, kind of where I landed. And I don't talk about it a whole lot. Um, but it wasn't like that, like safe childhood. So I wanted to be happy. And then I just remember when I had kids wanted to make sure that that I could give that to them. Like that's the, the greatest gift. So I never knew like if I was going to be an accountant or an entrepreneur or I just wanted to get out of where I was. Mm. That was as far as my dreams went when I was young. Wow. So I didn't even know there was like better. Right. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, while you were saying that, something just came to my mind. I had a conversation with other, someone the other day and they were saying that, you know, it's funny how grandparents and grandkids get along but then the the child and the mom or you know the yeah, parents, that's so like, true they're like you see the grandparents are like I, i'm like and i was like i guess maybe they'd like okay i had an opportunity and i messed it up so this time i'm gonna do a lot better 100 i see that like my oldest son is 21 and then my two youngest children are both seven and i look at the mom i am to them versus who i am to him and 
the great thing about him is that he's like allowed me to adjust and as as a mom to him so he isn't like you didn't do that for me you didn't do that for me he's just cool to enjoy what's getting done for everybody now mm. because I had him at 18 my mom had me at 16 um, he and I didn't have the, the turmoil that her and I did luckily mm. um, but I, I wholeheartedly feel that and I when I'm a grandma like it's gonna be stupid I better not be a grandmother for like 20 more years <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He, you don't 21. want your son to no. have a child till he's 40. I don't. Wait, think about Live it, though. Live your best life. <laughs> Save them kids for later. 40? No. Yes. <laughs> yes. They have 40, wait, 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 he's going to be twi- he's gonna be 60 when his kid is 20? Come on, man. I love it. No. <laughs> I, no, I got all I can handle for kids right now. Wait. We're the young, the littles are old enough to help him with his kids, then cool. But <laughs> Wait, I won't okay. be like At what age do you shit. think, the, at what age to you will they be okay to take care of his or kids? 15? So, 20? that's... <laughs> 5? <25? laughs> you know, okay. He's building his life right now, right. so I, I just want to see him have something to offer. Like I, I did that where I was 18 and I didn't have anything to offer him other than me. Like we sometimes, like I talked about this yesterday with somebody, we would share like the $5 junior chicken meal at, at McDonald's back in the day. Like, and it was just him and I, like if I have five bucks, that's all I had. Like now mm. it's, you know, what do you guys want for dinner? Mm. T-bone steak, no problem. You want to go to this restaurant? Like, let's just live right here for a little bit first. Okay, so are you happy? I am. Why? I am. I it's it's really crazy because like I have a lot of great things around me, mm-hmm. but I just really love who I am, and have like found myself and have worked on myself to get through what I've been through and and what that's has done to me and taken from me. Mm. So I've really dedicated like my entrepreneurship journey. Didn't start out as like a self healing journey, but mm. it it went there because you gotta have thick skin to be in this game. Like it's it's not fun on certain days and and if you don't have that strong mental to be able to tolerate you know and 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 bounce back from what gets said to you or what gets done to you and the crazy shit that happens mm. and and still be able to function in your family and be happy with yourself mm-hmm. you're not going to make it so i had some shit happen really early on that like told me like hey you got to do a little work on yourself and not let things trigger you and so, you know, I did the work and, and COVID gave me some space to do that too because we got to slow down a little bit and modify how we work. And uh, I I just, I love where I'm at. I love what I'm doing. I love my motivation and my my motives for what I do. I love how I do what I do. I love my family. Like I really don't have anything that I'm like, that's like lingering. Mm. And I'm like, I gotta address that so I can be happy because I've tackled those things those demons and and i i am happy you know i find that uh i mean people get to that place through different routes right you know there's a situation where someone might see someone having a negative experience like that's not gonna happen to me and then there's a situation where a person might be like right flat out like okay i need to do something or, you know, other situations like that, like what was the catalyst for you to be like, okay, I, I need to do something for me? I would say it would be 
when something didn't, when I didn't have a perfect day in my business, how it would carry into my house after that. So I, you know, our office is upstairs. Then I'd come out of the office, you know, we're done for the day and be in just a shit mood for the rest of the night and pretend it wasn't bothering me. And, you know, Ming could look at me the wrong way and be like, fuck you, like, let's go. And I was just waiting for the, the argument or the confrontation, like something to let me unleash so I could get out what I was feeling from the negative experience mm. that I had had in the day. So I had to really build up my ability to handle conflict and not let the conflict make me second guess or, or have it have anything to do with my self-worth or self-esteem or confidence mm -hmm. in any way. So now I get like these wild emails and my team is growing in that way that it still hits them a little harder. But I can I can laugh and be like, imagine writing that to somebody. What is wrong with you? Mm. But anyways, here's what we'll say back and that it ends there. Whereas like I the amount of sleepless nights in the first year mm embarrassing and not because I it was doing so much work it was because like my business was working me people were working right. me like that that piece when you hear when when entrepreneurs say that it isn't because we're working so much it's literally because your mind can't stop what what you're like building and, and learning and going through in mm. those even the t first two years are a lot mm. oh. okay so um... I mean, how did, like, accounting, why did you choose that? How did it's you get funny. into that? Like, I hate this part of the story. Why? Because my mom's an accountant. Oh. <laughs> so, not because not I hate her. It's just funny that, like, you know, she built her business and did her thing. And a lot of, you know, when I was younger, what I wanted to do was be different than her. Um, and, and not because she's a bad person, but there's things in, in her life that I just didn't want for myself. Do you guys look alike? Uh, I think we're built alike, but I think people would say I look like my dad. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we probably, we have a lot of similar characteristics for sure. Right. Um, so she's an accountant and I just was like, I'm going to do anything but. So I went to St. Mary's and I got out and I was like, you know what? No, what did you still study again? Accounting. So, <laughs> so yeah, I still went, I still did the whole commerce thing. And then like, an idiot rebel, if you will. I um, I went to hair school, and like two days in, I was like, this is not for me. What, what, what led to that uh, realization? <laughs> uh, I, I just needed to be in a, a space that, like, the, the hair thing, like, and no disrespect to any hairdressers, but they have to be thick skinned too because you get this person that brings in this picture of Beyonce and thinks you're going to make her look like Beyonce <laughs> at the end of that appointment, which the face doesn't come with the hairstyle. So it's like, it's crazy. It just like, you know, I'm like, this, this ain't going to go well. So that piece of it for me, just it, no. Right. So I still did it, went through it. And then I did like a good stint in retail um, and then I, I knew like always, like I was still doing business. And, and when I was in retail, I was always in a, a management level of some sort. Mm. Um, I think that's where I got my customer service component. Cause that's a, a huge thing that people say about my firm that we, you know, we do the customer service piece where a lot of accounting firms like that's just not a priority. So, um, that would be what I think we specialize in. Mm. And um, so then I went back to school, did another two years, got some more certifications and things so I could just really tackle some specific accounting pieces, which tax is really what I love. Um, Wait, what? 
<laughs> I love tax. I know. Nobody says that. Okay, right? yeah, because like, I what? said that. Like, uh, you know, you get that ping pong, you're like, what the? It doesn't make sense. Right. I, and that's the best part because it makes so much sense to me. And then you come in, and, and I got to tell you, like, the range of what people come in and say, I, I, I like, you wouldn't even believe, but I saved lives through mm. tax, I've impacted marriages. I've just had a huge benefit and opportunity and privilege to impact people's lives deeply through mm. tax because of the the fear and the shame and embarrassment and all the pieces that people put on themselves for not understanding something you're never taught in school. Um, it, it's it's dope to me to to be such a specialist in it that like I can do that piece with my eyes closed while I make you feel better the mm. whole way through. Because I don't need to be like, shut up, I'm looking at the number. <laughs> I can actually hear you yeah. and do the numbers at the same time. And and I get a lot of great feedback about how I made people feel mm. when when doing their taxes. But wow. um, yeah, I, I get that reaction a lot about That's so cool. saying I love tax. <laughs> okay, talking about marriage, you are white. You're married to a black man. <laughs> Me, I'm white? No, <laughs> Duh, yeah. Um, Like... I mean, sure, we live in Canada and all that, but, like, was that ever an issue? Is that some? Do you ever deal oh, with that? Yeah. And, like, does that affect your kids anyway? Cause it, yeah, you know, I have, like, a, a couple of really, like, life-changing moments around um, being married to, you know, someone of African descent um, that I guarantee white people on the daily, like, just don't understand unless you've gone through it. I can give you two really specific examples. I remember early on when Ming and I were dating. We didn't date long. We got married quick, fast. Mm. Um, and we were at Sobeys in Clayton Park. And I remember an old lady um, yelling from like three or four tills away or cashiers away from us. She said, I can't believe she's going to let that monkey grope her. We were all over each other. We were just like in the honeymoon phase. And what I couldn't believe was that Sobeys didn't do a damn thing. I had to say something. He held me back. It everything just went on like nothing stopped. It was no problem. It was kind of gross. What would so we have done though? Like, like I think like the morally correct thing to do is to ask her to leave at very least mm. and allow us to finish our transaction in peace. Mm. That's harassment. There's nothing needs to get said to us. We weren't inappropriate. Like, he literally just put his arms around me. So I absolutely believe. In my business, I can promise you, if anybody feels disrespected or, you know, any form of discrimination, I'll be the first to let them know. Mm. I have a big mouth. And my husband will jump right in, too. I, I think, like, a safe space for everybody around us is is hugely important. And, and I hate that that isn't always the case for us mm. when we step out of you know, our four walls. Mm -hmm. um, another example would be that we sent our two youngest children to, um, I would say a predominantly white school. I, I won't say, it is a predominantly white school um, because mm. my husband's French. You know, We really thought that there would be a better opportunity for education there. And my daughter suffered severe anxiety, um, like symptoms I won't even say, because, you know, she might be old. When she's older, she can tell that story herself. Um, mm -hmm. She m might be embarrassed, but I, I think the anxiety piece um, is the, the least of what 
what she was feeling for, for two years while they were there. And, you know, we were at a point where she's a good kid. She's such a good kid. She just does whatever she's told. And to watch her battle to go to school every morning, Mm. I didn't understand, um, at all, like what was going on or why. And eventually, you know, I, I asked for a meeting with our teacher because our youngest son, he everything was was going fine for him, mm. um, but not so much for her. So I asked for a meeting with her teacher, and I, you know, asked a couple of key questions, and then eventually I, I was picking up a vibe. Mm-hmm. So I said, "How many kids look like her in the class?" And she gives me the generic, "Oh, we're very diverse." And I said, "Okay, cool. I'm gonna ask you this question again: How many black kids are in the class?" And she just goes silent. And I right then and there knew, and the conversation was a, a lot more questions than that, but that's the question that I knew, that, she, that her as a white teacher didn't know how to handle helping my black daughter adjust in a predominantly white environment. Mm. I don't even know that I know how to do that. I know that I can support, you know, as a, a white person, I can be a, a, an ally and a liaison and, and I'll fight and protect her in, in any way needed. So I said right there, it was a Zoom call because it was still COVID. Mm. I said, you keep all my daughter's shit. You will never see her again. I didn't even have a plan B, but I knew she was never going back to that school again. <laughs> and so we moved them to a, a school closer to our house and an incredibly diverse environment. Like I'm telling you, like the, the diversity just pours with the buzzer rings and just Asians and black kids and Filipinos just everywhere. It's like there's a white kid peppered in every now and again, mm. but I just love all the, the, the diversity and culture that's at that school. And like the school is shit. Like it's probably being held up by like two studs. Like I have, I have no idea how that school is standing, but I, my kids will go to that school till it falls. Like it's, <laughs> it's a dope, dope environment. It's where they're meant to be. And her mm. anxiety, probably within two weeks, oh. all of the physical symptoms mm-hmm. gone, gone. So you can't tell me that it isn't a, a, right. a huge racial component mm. or lack of diversity or lack of training for the staff at the, the last school around diversity mm. and the needs of you know different races and different cultures. Kids aren't all the same. Um, so I think that that's, you know, if that's a part of their model or, or how she was, was treating them or if, if she just wasn't equipped for it, she should have said that. I don't know how to help this kid. Call her parents and tell them you don't know how to do it. Don't keep pulling this shit along because, like, where it ended up, like, she was lucky that the meeting wasn't face-to-face. That's where I was at. <laughs> no, that's where I was at. You're not allowed to do... <laughs> oh, I don't care. I'm self-employed. <laughs> but I still have a job on Monday. I can take a charger, too. <laughs> but, okay, okay. Wow, I mean... Because um, there is this, you know, uh, perception that people have of Canada, that, you know, all that. And and then I'm like, okay, at least to hear that experience from someone that has it first then is different from, like, watching on TV or whatever. Yeah, I mean, for the, for the most part, like, we know how to move and where to operate and, and the places and things that we're going to run into, you know, potential issues we'll say mm-hmm. um but you know the the times where you think like hey i'm just gonna grab a couple groceries i should be, we should be safe there mm. and you're not that 
just like you know throws you all the way for a loop like we that that blew my mind and and there are other other examples those are just two like really overt like mm. extreme examples that I can think of but I you know even within my own family uh, a member when I remember when they met Ming because he's he's Muslim asked him right to his face do you know the people who th uh, through flew the planes into the towers like, um, yeah, that's the worst question I've ever heard. Like, wow. wow. So, you know, that I am horrified and, mm. and, and you're just like, oh, God. Like, it's out there. Right. It happens. Wow. <laughs> Does he know? Does he know the terrorists that flew the planes into the, the towers? You're yeah, like, see, was it at Thanksgiving or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a family gathering, and I kind of like vet it, like who's going to be there, because you know the generational component. Like right. the older they are, the more yeah. likely. I don't like Thanksgiving. There's some views, right? So we do Thanksgiving bullshit. at home now. Yeah, <laughs> Only. yeah. It's like no, because um, you know, and it's it's nice to see all these people we haven't seen all year and stuff, but then something, you know, Happens. there's always something, and. And you know, it's That's like true. I remember, like something. Yeah, okay. All right. That's so true. <laughs> That's so true. And it's always around us. Like <laughs> it, it, it's always us. I can't lie. It has something to do with us. You, it was never an issue for you. Me, like, like him mean? being black, tall. No. Oh my God. No. I I love tall boys, and I, I always kid like that. I have to stay with him forever now because there's no one taller. Right. Or right, I have right, to move right. <laughs> to get me a taller guy. Uh, no. I I just I think he's the sexiest man alive. Like I hit the jackpot. He's he's a saint. Like he's the best father, the best partner. Like he has my back. Like he probably has my back more than I have my own back. Like he's 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 a rider. He calls me a ride or die, but like I he's a ride or die. Like he he grew up in that that family dynamic, so his foundation is like so strong. Mm. I had to learn that. Like even when I met him, I didn't treat him like as great as I do now because <clears throat> I didn't even know how. I was like I am gonna ruin this guy's life because I'm so damaged mm. that I don't even know, like. I, he has no idea what he's gotten himself into, but he's just so patient with me, like to to wait till I could, you know, go through and and get over all the the shit that had happened to me. But he's just rock solid from the jump. Like, great mom, great dad, and I'm not saying I don't have great parents, but mm. they're together. And and dad played his role, mom played her role. He has siblings, and he traveled, and he's, you know, recruited. He has a free half a million dollar education. Like he comes from, you know, money. I come from like Mr. Noodles and. My mom used to make pancakes on Sunday for the whole week and freeze them, and you put them in the toaster, and that's what you ate every day. <laughs> like wow. I, I just, and that was normal to me. Like right, I don't look right. back and be like, she made me eat pancakes. Like I, I don't think that that I don't look at that negatively whatsoever. Like she did what she could with what she had. Mm. What he had was like he's seen the whole world before he was even twenty. Mm. I left Canada, I think, for the first time when I was eighteen, and and then not again till I was like twenty-seven. So, you know, he's like so well-rounded and he's just really opened my eyes to the world. He's he's a gem. So, um, you know, having the experience you had as a child, like did you always want to have children? I didn't. Okay, what Oddly. changed? So I had Jonah early, really young. Um, and and I had a lot of shame around like the, the mom. I wouldn't say shame, like I just like 
felt bad that I wasn't like the mom every kid deserves, like mm-hmm. with stable and financially stable and 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 happy and in a good place and like you know all the things you need to mature with before you should have children. That's why I say you should have children old because I think he should mature first. Okay. Um, <laughs> so. I, I, after him, I was like, I don't want to do this again because, you know, luckily he turned out really great and he's a good guy. Mm. But I just questioned, like, would I be good for someone else? Like, I got him through. Mm. Could I do this again? And, and the situation, you know, wasn't ideal with his dad either. That was, that was a lot of hard years. So I felt like I just, do I have that in me again? And and I really didn't want more kids. And then I met Ming and I was like, how do I not? How do I not? Like, this is who, like, the, the household that we create for our children is a dream. Yeah. Like, I love listening to my kids walk around and be like, you know, when we were in Dominican, I really like the sand better there than in Mexico and the people in this country versus that country. And, mm-hmm. and, and they're not spoiled. They're not, they, they don't realize like the life that they have, mm-hmm. but what they learn from being able to have the life that we provide them and two happy parents is like the greatest gift you could ever give anybody. Yeah, I don't think people should have kids um, if they can't afford them really. Yeah, you can't afford them or, you know, afford and then no, you look like, at the economy. No, like as in afford in general, not yeah. just like being able to send them to school, but just everything yeah i agree to an extent like i i think that like living in canada is expensive as fuck so like who if we say got to be able to afford kids nobody will have kids ever again the way things are going but i think are you willing to do for your child what needs to be done to make sure they come out okay and whether that's financial or therapy for yourself or moving out of a bad relationship whatever it is Mm. if you're ready to do all those things than being a parent's in the cards for you. But if you're going to stay with a, a jerk because you love him, but he's a sh- he's an asshole to your kid or he's a terrible dad or he doesn't contribute, like, that's not cool. And mm-hmm. then Or you're teaching your daughter, like, you know, what, what a horrible relationship looks like and what she's going to tolerate from a man next because of what, like, you're tolerating. Yeah. Um, those things stand out significantly more to me than the fact that Jonah and I shared a junior chicken meal. Um, I tolerated some shitty things for a long time um, that I'm glad my daughter will never see. Right. Um, Yeah, okay. So, you know, you've navigated life so far. You've built this life you have for yourself, your children, with your partner. Um, what What are some things, okay, actually this is the last one. What is it like, in your five years, I guess, before you're, before you're a grandmom in 20 years. <laughs> 20 years, okay. you got the right number. <laughs> before you're a grandmom in 20 years, what, 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 is, what, is, uh, what lies ahead in the path of Stephanie? Hmm. I, it's funny because I only started answering questions like these recently. I've really lived a life with a lot of disappointments, so I felt like if you put it out there, then people can't wait to like laugh at you for not achieving it or, um, 
you know, you look back and you're like, why would I, why would I say that? Cause I can never do that, but I don't live in that space anymore. Mm -hmm. I know that anything I want to do, I can do. Mm. And I really don't give a shit what anybody thinks. Mm. Um, I care what Ming thinks. I'll, I'll say that. I'll give him that respect. Um, but he, you know, we have our, our life together and our life, our, our own individual identities. Um, but I would definitely say that the millionaire card is, is common. Wow, it's great talking to you, Stephanie. Thanks so much for coming in today. Thank you for having me. This was awesome.